If you work for a living, why do you kill yourself working? From the Willamette Valley, in America's great Pacific Northwest, you are listening to the Ernest Mann Show. I'm your host, Ernest Mann. Coming to you no matter where, what time, or what place you may be listening in this great, big, beautiful, but sometimes incredibly crazy world we all live in. Well, hello, everyone. Hey, it's Monday. Thank you for tuning in. Or for tuning in again. This is episode number 272. Getting back on track. Changes coming to the United States Army in 2024. Some things that should never have been changed in the first place. Now, let me tell you this. First and foremost, this is not just about the military. There is something else important to be learned from this. So, if you're one of those people, and he's like, oh God, he's, he's just going to talk about the military. It's, it's about the military, but it's historical as well. It's some really interesting stuff, I promise. If you don't like it, you can throw rotten tomatoes at me. When I make my next public appearance or book signing. Promise. Now, onward and upward as they say. If you or someone you know is considering joining the service, in this case, the Army, to be very specific... You might want to tell them just to wait a little bit. Changes are on the way. Yep. And uh, you see, it turns out that somewhere around the mid-2024, uh, service requirements in the United States military are going to be changed significantly. Uh, deficiencies, for example... In color perception, such as color blindness, will now be acceptable, as well as the condition, officially or unofficially, uh, it's known as left footedness or back assward syndrome, which is a compulsion to do whatever you are ordered to do in reverse order. Damn. That sounds weird. Okay, um, but the biggest change of all will be a requirement that has not been active since the 1940s. Mainly an IQ rating of an infantryman no higher than 70. Their stated goal is to get average IQ rating to 60 or 65. Something I feel, myself, as being long overdue since uh, you know this was the state of the average 
infantrymen during World War II when America possessed the greatest fighting force the world had ever known. So, in all fairness, before I go any further into not only what is going to be changed and why, I think it would be a good idea to explain far how far superior our army once was and how we all got changed and everything got changed for the worse. Now, you see, up into the Korean War, um, the American military it had a pretty good idea of how to, well, wage wars. Note, I didn't say perfect, but they were learning from their mistakes. And generally speaking, we became pretty good at war. Because after all, since founding this country, we've had plenty of practice. Now, one of the things that they did learn was that it was very important to have a cohesive infantry. Now, when I say cohesive, it means that the men follow a chain of command, and uh, believe it or not, that is something that is not quite so simple to accomplish, especially during the heat of battle, as you might think. So, you've got to have a cohesive infantry, and in order to have that, you can't have a great deal of thinking going on. Now, I realize that what I just said may sound bizarre, but believe me, it's true. To tell you the truth about the situation, if I were going to be in charge of a small recon unit and I had had my choice between two groups of guys, those that enjoy reading and those that don't, you learn very quickly that you should always pick the guys that either hate reading or are not even capable of reading. Okay, by giving you another long story short, you are always much more likely to be encircled and your unit defeated if your unit consists of thinking guys rather than what I would call feeling guys. Because when instincts take over, the net effect, according to many veterans, is that as far as those fighters are concerned, they enter into a state of mind that cannot be rationally or intellectually described, but often is referred to as becoming kill crazy. And apparently, it is an enemy's worst nightmare. So, what many American commanders learned in World War II, for example, everything from platoon commanders to division commanders, you know, uh, to, uh, to generals, was that there was an odd correlation taking place. And this is where it gets interesting. What they found out was that, as a percentage, the larger number of guys who had pretty close to the same IQ scores tended to do better and have a higher survival rate than those who didn't. And in addition to that, apparently, 
there was a correlation of the IQ level, and those somewhere between 60 and 65. Okay? Okay. And they tended not only to have the best effectiveness as far as the kill ratio, but also as far as survivability and non-serious injury ratios, which I think is pretty fucking incredible. So to put this another way, what most American World War II generals unofficially discovered from their always diligent bean counters was an incredible correlation that the sweet spot for IQ scores was somewhere between 60 to 65. Anytime you begin to go above or below those numbers, both combat effectiveness and survival rates correspondingly went down, not up, which would explain the reason why this very famous quote became, uh, well, it became, you know, really well known in military circles at that time. And it states, right now, the average IQ of an infantryman is around 60. And thank God for that. The army needs to do every damn thing in its power to keep it that way. The army does not need or require men of great mental agility, just physical agility. That'll do just fine. And who said that famous line? That statement was given by none other than General George S. Patton. One of the finest and most effective generals America has ever produced in history. But I believe also he knew a damn thing or two about war. Unfortunately, change was in the air. And at uh, the Second World War, that's what happened. And if there are any veterans listening to this program, you will absolutely know that regardless of what you think about everything I've said up until this point, what I'm about to say is absolutely true. In the 1950s, and certainly the 1960s, not only was uh, that stage uh, advice ignored, it was ignored, but it was actively dismantled, which in my opinion is one of the primary causes for America's loss, not only in Korea, but in Vietnam as well. But I'm, you know, I'm getting ahead of myself here. Um, I'm not going to, you know, pull down my pants and try to kiss my own ass, as the old saying goes. Basically, somehow the top brass had been convinced that in the future, as far as the army was concerned, they were going to be producing a new type of field commander, a thinking field commander. You know, um, that was, um, well, the kind of commander that was much more comfortable making calculations comfortably behind the lines with a slide rule and completely unwilling to engage the enemy. Even when it was clearly, and by clearly, I mean to the courageous and impassioned soldiers below them 
advantageous to do so. And if there is one man, one man, I hold more accountable than any other for the horrific quagmire of having the U.S. ending up in a costly stalemate in both Korea and Vietnam. It was the guy who went by the name, oh, and many other names, actually, all of them vulgar, but also known as the human computer, Robert J. McNamara. I could go on forever, and this is even barely scratched the surface, but hopefully I've given you just enough history so that you can understand what is going to be going on with the changes planned for the U.S. Army, and not only that, but the reasons why. These planned changes that initially are for the U.S. Army only will begin implementation somewhere around mid-2024 and will not be implemented on officers. The policy changes are for enlisted men only. Now, according to an allegedly leaked document in statements between Army Adjutant Major Dick Macro and State Department Undersecretary Woody Bigstaff, quote, future Army recruitment policies have been agreed upon by the United States Army and the State Department that the prior aforementioned recruitment policy changes will take effect on or about mid-2024. And in addition, any and all female participation in the United States Army in its current capacity shall cease. Any females in their current positions will have the opportunity to join the reactivated WAX divisions for females, as well as any new potential recruits. This will fall under our new, if it has tits, it doesn't take hits policy. And if you are an individual which cannot even objectively determine uh, to be male or female, the United States military is not a place for you. In conclusion, these recruitment policy changes are being implemented to not only improve the Army's effectiveness and unit cohesion, but to return a sense of pride that a soldier can feel only when commanding officers give those they command adequate leeway, self-authority, and a breathing room to get on with the job they were sent to do and to do so without ideological shackles or restraint, unquote. Wow. Damn. That actually has teeth. That, that actually means something. Anyway, as I said earlier, it's ultimately all about having the men that hit the IQ sweet spot between 60 to 65 when the full fury of the U.S. Army can be unleashed. It's when men like this are put into difficult situations, when groups of men like this are put together, and their actions may appear to be utterly chaotic, with no orderly plan whatsoever, that the things they do 
the absolute spectacle of witnessing like-minded men unshackled by the conventions of so-called modern war truly demonstrate what war really is, can be, and should be. Until next time, this is Ernest reminding you that there are no bad words, just bad actions. Take care.